Good morning, Life Church Livonia. Hello, my name is Kate. Welcome. I might be a little bit bitter, but I am embracing fall. Happy fall, everyone. We are here. And we are in week three of our Breakthrough the Busy series. And I want to just remind you guys about the reason why we're doing this is because we as um, family units, as individuals, we want to break through the busy and be intentional about understanding the why, our vision, our mission as people. And as a church, we want to do that as well. And so this fall, as we step back in to remind ourselves uh, of our vision and our mission and our values, we're doing this series specifically. And I get to talk about with Life Church Livonia our core value of being highly relational. And a lot of you just eye rolled a little bit because you're like, of course, Kate's talking about relationships. And I want to tell you, yes. Of course I am. I love relationships. I think they are so important. I love people. One of the people who I love, buckets and buckets, is Charlotte. She is Aaron's six-year-old and she is adorable and sweet. Look how cute she is. Oh my gosh, I love her so much. She is also <laughs> fierce and tenacious and she will let you know exactly what she wants to do and doesn't want to do. She will tell you how she feels about things. She is so honest and I love that about Charlotte. Over the past couple of years, I've gotten to be a part of um, watching her learn how to do things and helping her learn how to do things. Uh, one of those things is riding a bicycle with no training wheels and um, Erin has worked really hard to help her learn how to snowboard. And what I love about Charlotte is that she will let you know when she requires help and when she does not require help. She would tell you how she feels about things. Um, and what I love so much is that she's willing to say, I'm really scared. So she learned how to ride her bike and there's this big hill and she said like she stopped at the top of the hill and was like, I'm really scared. And a long time ago, I read this article about um, empowering and encouraging people to do things scared, children specifically. And so when she says things like, I'm scared to go down this big hill, I just remind her, hey, Charlotte, that's okay. That makes a ton of sense. Do it scared. Snowboarding. She's learning how to snowboard and she's going down this whole mountain and she's like, I'm so scared. That makes so much sense. You could fall and get hurt. Do it scared. Do it anyway. And so... Um, today, as we're talking about this core value at Life Church Livonia um, and being highly relational, I just want to remind us to do it scared. Do relationships scared. Core values are a filter uh, that we decide how we're going to spend our money, uh, how we're going to spend our time, what activities we're going to do as a, as a church community. And so core values are things that we evaluate, that we look at, that we use as filters to decide all of the things that we're gonna do. And so today, as I talk about one of our church core values of being highly relational, I want to ask you to sit for a second, to sit and think, how do I feel about relationships? Is it easy for you to be open? Do you find yourself a little bit guarded when it comes to relationships? Do you verbally vomit and overshare about things going on in your world and have some social regret afterwards? Do you hide behind superficial familiarities? Or do you just straight up avoid being around people altogether? Do you focus on other people in situations instead of actually talking about yourself? Because it's just easier to look and talk about other people. 
Now, the kind of relationships that I want to talk about today are not just the superficial familiarities of, hey, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Which those are scary for people too. I mean, <laughs> hashtag the five minute meet and greet time in between hosting and worship. People get very scared about that. <laughs> And I don't want to dismiss that, okay? But today, I want to talk about the open, vulnerable, the real and transparent stuff, okay? So I want you to take a minute right now and just think about what's actually going on inside of you. What's actually going on outside of you? Oftentimes, in community and relationships and situations where people exist, we feel scared, you might have thoughts like, I have anxiety. My grief is so overwhelming, I cannot go into the world. My marriage is falling apart. I don't know how to make friends. I'm not sleeping well. My brain is foggy. I don't know how to talk about what's going on. I can't focus in school and I'm struggling to get things done. You guys, making new friends, trusting people with the stuff that we have going on inside of us, it, it just, it makes sense to be cautious and a little bit boundaried with what we share and how we share it. It's good and right. It makes sense because we don't just want to walk around spewing our junk all over everybody. That is inappropriate and not helpful for developing intimacy. But most things that I talk about, that I get the privilege of preaching about, there's balance. There's balance as, as humans, there's balance as followers of Christ and how to go about doing that. And I wanna talk about what God says about relationships, what he teaches us in scripture about relationships because God, he cares so much. He cares deeply about relationships being done well. And he talks to us about it in scripture and we get to learn we all have so many types of relationships. If you are walking around on this earth, you have friends, you have family, you have casual and intimate relationships. There are relationships in your life, period, if you exist. And I want us to ask ourselves questions like, how does Jesus conduct himself? How do people be in relationship with Jesus? And how can we look at scripture and understand how to do relationships in an honest, open, loving, and intentional way? How do we be transformed in our relationships to do them better? How do we model our lives and our community after his direction? And I have such a passion. My heart just beats for relationships to be done well for my relationships to be done well, for your relationships to be done well, for our community to be a place that glorifies God in the way that we interact with each other and handle conflict. We handle grief. We handle joy and celebration. I desperately want us to be people who pursue after God and honor him with everything. Some of the barriers that we have to building relationships our fear. We can, we can be scared about talking about what's actually going on inside of us for so many reasons. And some of the barriers look like things like uh, we've been hurt before. Maybe you've actually hurt people before. And you're like, I don't want to do this again because I really hurt people. That takes a lot of humility to admit and be honest about. Maybe you've got fear of judgment 
or criticism or people have weaponized things that you've shared with them against you, maybe you don't spend enough time with yourself to actually know what is going on inside of you. It's hard to sit quietly to reflect and consider things. I see an answer to the sphere of intimacy in the great commandment, okay? God tells us in Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40, do relationships scared? <laughs> okay, I definitely took creative freedom there. He doesn't specifically say do relationships scared, but he does tell us what the most important commandments are to him. And he tells us how to be highly relational. Let's read it together. Matthew 22, verses 33 through 40. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teachings. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. I had a spectacular conversation with Aaron. One of my favorite things to do with Aaron is talk about scripture. And it was a very quick, uh, very simple conversation, but it floored me to think about. In my handful of years of following the Lord and reading scripture, I have read this verse a bajillion times, okay? And I've talked about it a copious amount of times as well. Many, many times have I talked, read, looked at, this scripture, okay? And I have challenged people very intensely because if you know me at all, I'm a little challenging. Um, with the second, with the last part of the second commandment, okay? You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself, okay? And I have really emphasized this. Even up into a couple weeks ago in our pre-church ministry meeting, I was like really uh, laboring on that part of it. Like, you guys, you gotta love others the way you love yourself. It's important to care for yourself and, and love yourself. <laughs> Whenever we read scripture, we want to ask things like, who's the original audience? Who's speaking? Why was it even written? It's important to understand context, cultural happenings. I cannot emphasize this enough to you all. Consistently, I will always and forever tell you, do your research. Read your Bibles. Everything that I talk about always, you have access to these materials. You have access to these resources. If you need help getting into God's Word, I am so passionate about people plugging into God's Word and reading it for themselves, understanding it. I love that. That is so important to me. I'm here for it. Alex is here for it. Let us know if you need help reading scripture. Anyway, I am constantly talking about how important it is to love others out of an overflow. I still think this is important. Oxygen mask, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. Like all of that, it, it just makes sense, right? You have to care well for yourself and uh, give out of an overflow. However, what do we determine is an overflow? How do we decide what is taking care of ourselves? Because this world wants to redefine our identities. It wants to redefine our financial priorities. Our culture wants to redefine sexual, uh, sexual expression and sexuality. 
And how do we guard ourselves against being manipulated by culture? Okay, I am guilty of this. It is easier to not read all of the instructions, to skip along and take the easy route, uh, to only glance at or uh, casually read things. I mean, I regularly miss details, so much so that recently I was doing this um, hack video that I saw on the internet and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's a corn husking hack. And you like cut off the end of the, the cob and then the husk comes right off. It's super easy. Well, it turns out three stitches later that um, the corn was supposed to be cooked first. So I missed that detail. And that was a very disappointing way to end my Labor Day weekend. Anyway, the point here is that the details matter. Understanding context, happenings, everything, it is very important. And so as Christians, we believe in the Bible because Jesus believed in the Bible. He doesn't just quote the Old Testament, he calls it God's word. And then he called himself God's son. And then he said he was gonna rise from the dead. And then he did that. So we believe in Jesus and therefore we believe in scripture. And in this place, in this realm of religion and faith and spirituality, we have to stay rooted in God's truth, in, in the truth of scripture so that when we're figuring out how to be highly relational or anything else for that matter, we stay consistent with how Jesus lived, how Jesus taught, and what the Lord guides us to do through his truth. In Colossians 2, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Excuse me having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I love gratitude. It's so important to be grateful. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in accordance with Christ. So this is one of many, many verses that tell us to turn to the word of God and find direction, reassurance, edification, which just means like encouragement to be who God has called you to be. Okay, it's so important to turn to the word of God. So back to my point, how was I convicted by this conversation with Aaron that led to some additional considerations? <laughs> he simply asked me, who was Jesus talking to? And we're like in the car and I'm like, nah, you know, the Jews, uh, the, Gentile, the Gentiles, he's like, mm, no, <laughs> I've read this verse a bajillion times. Anyway, let's read it together. It says verse 34, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Jesus was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, okay? And that group of people, that spiritual and religious leadership group, they love themselves. And I mean, they love themselves. They elevated themselves and placed themselves in the best positions at the party and wore the best of the clothes and thought they were so holy that they could make and execute laws. So when Jesus told them, that group of people, that the greatest commandment was to love others as they love themselves, he was saying, give away the best seat at the table. Provide the best clothes to others. 
emphasize and care for those who you deem lesser with the type of love that you give to yourself. Okay, dude, this was so convicting for me. And not because I don't love others. I really genuinely do. I care so much about people. I care about showing up for people when they're hurting and struggling. And I, I really care about us as people pouring out for others. But I have definitely emphasized the importance of self-care. I have definitely emphasized the, the emphasis of taking care of your own self. And, and all I'm trying to say here is that maybe there's more going on in scripture, in the dynamics of caring and loving God and loving others than how I have perceived it to be. There might be more going on here than what I thought it looks like or how it's done. So I wanted to look at scripture. I wanted to look to the Bible and see what kind of things the Lord did and said and how he talked to the Pharisees and how he talked to the disciples. We're going to talk about three people, three groups of people, three people, um, and how they loved. We're going to talk about the Pharisees, the disciples, and Jesus, okay? And I just want to disclaim, it's a lot of scripture, and um, that's because I love scripture, and I think that it's really helpful to read it out loud together, and this is just, uh, you know, so put on your, your boots and get ready, because we're going to jump into some scripture. Matthew 23, it says, Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, whatever they tell you, do, and comply with it all. But do not do as they do, for they say things, and then they don't do them. They tie up heavy burdens, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as their finger. And they do all their deeds to be noticed by other people, for they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. And they love the place of honor at banquets and the seat of honor in the synagogues and personal greetings in the marketplace, being called rabbi by the people. The Pharisees are focused more on how people perceive them, respect them, honor them, than they are about actually loving people. It's so interesting to me. Okay, so the disciples. How did the disciples love? Matthew 14. As evening approached, the disciples came to him. This is Jesus. And they said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replies, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, broke the loaves, then gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. The disciples say to Jesus, send these people away so they can get home and eat. And Jesus says, no, no, you feed them. There are so many stories of the disciples meeting the needs of people that they didn't know, didn't like, and they simply didn't want to do. And Jesus saying to them in those situations, hey guys, you get to know them. You get to learn to like them and you get to serve them. And between the disciples and the Pharisees, I see one significant difference between these two groups of people here. 
And that's that the disciples, they let Jesus correct them. And the Pharisees didn't. The Pharisees dug their heels in and said, that man is wrong. And the disciples said, huh, I guess we can feed them. So then Jesus, how do we see Jesus prioritize relationship? In Matthew 27, it says, Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around them. They stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him, and then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him. They mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. They said, They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Jesus was subjected to torture, abuse, public shaming, embarrassment. And then we see in Luke 23, it says, but as Jesus is crucified, hanging on the cross, he says, but Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them. for They don't know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And yet he endured, right? He asked God to extend forgiveness on these individuals. In Romans 5, it says, But God demonstrates his own love, his own desire for relationship, his own passion to have intimacy with us who are saved. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus touched the untouchables. He loved the rejected. He forgave. He healed the broken. The kind of love that Jesus has is that he sacrifices his very life for us. He endures torture, beatings, death. And then he rose again from the grave for us to have an intimate relationship with him. Now, does the Lord want that from us? <laughs> I mean, my perspective and, and the way that I read and understand scripture is that he doesn't need us to die for people. Obviously, Jesus did that. Jesus sacrificed for people. He actually tells us what he wants us to do in the Great Commission. He tells us, he says in Matthew 28, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He doesn't need us to, uh, to be martyrs. He doesn't need us to die for people. He needs us to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to be on mission like Jesus, to share about Jesus with other people, the gift that we have to live renewed and holy lives because of Jesus. He calls us to tell people about the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. 1 John 3 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters is a term there about people who are following Christ. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. 
As we learn about the ways that Jesus, the disciples, and the Pharisees did relationship and loved, I want to encourage you, please read your Bibles. Look for how Jesus loves and teaches and directs and challenges the disciples specifically, but everyone. There are countless examples of his corrections and guidances to people in the text. And I could go on and on about scripture, but I am running out of time. <laughs> how do we maintain balance, though? How do we maintain balance in relationships so that we're not just like a doormat getting used and abused because we're trying to be kind and loving like Jesus? Jesus was not a doormat. He had boundaries. You can see it in scripture. Read it. I have so many things I want to say, but I just don't have enough time. The Lord loves us so much that he died for us. But I don't, I don't see him asking us to be saviors to people. I see him asking us to introduce people to Jesus so that Jesus can be their savior, so that Jesus can be our savior, so that they can see Jesus through us. So what's the balance of caring for ourselves, having boundaries, or being so rigid and guarded that we are unwilling to show up for other people? I encourage you guys today to do it scared. Do relationships scared. Be open and vulnerable scared. Give sacrificially scared. I don't know exactly what the answer is for you and your relational dynamics and your relationships uh, situations because they are all so, so intricate and so specific. But what I do know is that everything hangs on this that I should love the Lord my God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that I shall love my neighbor as myself. So if, if you're a Pharisee and it's easy for you to love yourself, maybe you need to sacrifice a little bit more for the people around you. And if you give too much of yourself and you have no self-worth or no boundaries, maybe you need to be discipled and learn to do that out of that which you've received from the Lord. So I want to challenge you guys a little bit today. Extend care. Treat people like they're the most important person in the room. Care well with compassion and sacrifice. Ask good questions of people and remember the answers that they give to you. Follow up with them about the things that they share. Remember that care starts with you. You're the front lines. You've been called by God to love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others as you love yourself. So join a small group. Joining a small group gives you a really good intimate place to get sharpened, to show up for other people, to let other people show up for you. And that's the other thing I want to challenge you to do is receive care. Allow people to love you well. I know Lauren Hakus is in a, in a world of struggle right now because she is a giver, 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 and she is in this place where she has to receive. And that's hard for some people. Try to share in a way that allow others to serve and care for and pray for you. Now, the last thing I want to tell you guys about is that if you are a member or you're actively involved in Life Church Livonia, we are in the process of launching a brand new care ministry. And the goal with this ministry, well, I'll get into that in a second, but we're commissioning a handful of people from our community to care for you. The people right here, they're um, up on the screen. These are them. And you'll notice that this isn't just the staff. The staff is a part of it, but it's also other people in our community um, because the church is not the staff. The church is you. The church is us. 
And so what we want to do with this ministry is that we want to support, encourage, challenge, and love one another. And if you aren't sure if you're on this care list, if you aren't sure if you are considered actively involved in Life Church Livonia, I want you to take a second and click on the digital bulletin right now, fill out the connection card and say, add me to the list. Comment in the comment section and say, add me to the list. I want to be cared for. I want to be considered a part of this church. And I want to make sure that I don't get missed in that process. Because this group of people, the the group that we are going to be reaching out to, is going to mix it up from month to month. And we want to enable and empower the people in our community to use the gifts that God has given to them. And there is something you specifically are called to do in community. And I want to invite you to be a part of what's happening at Life Church Livonia. There are powerful and beautiful ways that you can serve and love people, whether it's being a part of the care team or being a part of the new live streaming ministry that we've got going on. There are many ways for you to get plugged in and to live fully into who God has called you to be. Uh, and lastly, the last thing that I want to say is that if, if what I have been sharing today about who Jesus is, what he did, what he did for us through his, um, crucifixion, his death, his burial and his resurrection, if that's new for you, if you've never received that sacrifice that Christ made for you, I want to invite you into a place of receiving that right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for your sacrifice. I thank you so much for the way that you pursue us that you have chosen us. And I pray for those who are receiving this word for the first time, Lord, that they would repent, that they would turn away from the sin in their lives, that they would replace all of their coping strategies that are unhealthy and broken, that they would replace those with your salvation, Lord, that they would depend on you for strength, salvation, that you can rescue them and that you have desired to do that. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the way that you have chosen, that you have desired us. And we repent and we turn away from living a life without you, depending on our own strength and trusting in who you are and the sacrifice that you made through Jesus Christ. And it's in him that we place our trust and our eternity. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Can't wait to see you next week for week four of our Breaking Through the Busy.